G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. And as we delve into this week's topic, a reminder that some of the content may be of a sensitive nature. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. Welcome to this week's Momentum all around Australia. Great to have you tuning in. A quick reminder of our website, MomentumAustralia.org. A bunch of resources on there for you. And of course, you can hear previous episodes of the show too. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But in the meantime, my co-host Dez joining us. How are you, Dez? You good? Really good. Really good. Looking forward to this conversation today. It's really good. It's a follow-on from one of our previous episodes. And that was with Brett Ryan from uh, Focus on the Family Australia. Brett is the CEO. We talked about blended families and step-parenting. Brett, so much in our last conversation. In fact, so much that we didn't get to. We're going to continue the conversation today, but welcome back officially. It's a pleasure being with you. We talked a bit about blended families and step-parenting. And look, before we launch any further into this conversation this week, um, I suppose just quickly recap some of the main points that you think men really need to, uh, to highlight or have highlighted before we move on today from our previous discussion. Yeah, I mean, think we've spoken about it before, and I think Des mentioned in our previous interview, you know, it's a minefield. There's so much in this, and we have this idealistic approach or this expectation. It's all going to go smoothly, but there are so many layers and, and different, depending on the age and stage of the kids, it depends on the circumstances that resulted in you starting a new step family uh, and joining different families together, uh, you need to make sure that, you know, you're bringing them along on the journey and you can't force it. It's time is going to be the great healer and a great leveler. And, but you have to recognize that it's, everyone's going to have an opinion. Everyone's going to have um, a, a say in this and you need to make sure that you don't force yourself and expect everything to go smoothly. Go on with a low expectation, but show that you do care you understand, you validate their experience. But the, probably the most important lesson is, you know, remember, you're never going to be the child's parent. You're only going to be their, probably more their friend. And that's probably the, the best expectation you're going. If you do form that really healthy bond, that's a big bonus. But remember, the step parent is never going to be the biological parent. Brad, if we just paint this scenario for a second where perhaps we're coming back into a relationship and, you know, where we we talked about this before, like we might start um, the dating process, but we don't introduce our kids initially, that sort of thing. In, in that process, if there's men listening right now and they go, well, that's me, I'm six months into it, but I haven't, you know, whatever. What, what's some of the prep work that we can do in those scenarios to for ourselves together with our future partner before we introduce the kids like what what are the best things that we can do in the preparation so that when we actually get into the scenario we've thought about we've talked about some of these we've got some answers already up our sleeve before we just launch into the whole thing again every child's different and they want to be uh uniquely parented 
you know, some children like to go out on a date and you might be able to go to a restaurant and talk about it. Other kids want to shoot hoops and you can talk about it with shooting hoops. It may be in the car where you're actually just driving in one direction. You don't look in each other's eyes and you're just having a conversation. It's going at the, the level and the pace that your child feels comfortable with. So you can sense, you know, if they're going to be receptive or not. Um, you just can't make sure you don't, it's not a one-off, it's a, not a monologue where you just tell them this is what's happening. No, it's a dialogue. You get to see and feel where they're going from it. So it might be just simply, you know, you know, the daddy's been going out with, um, you know, Veronica for a couple of dates now and, and, and I'm really liking her and, and I think there's something that's really special. What are your thoughts about that? And just, and pause, allow them a voice, allow them a, an opportunity to, to share their concerns. Don't be dismissive of them. And remembering this is the first conversation you're having. It's not the only conversation, it's the first one. And then you might be able to judge about how fast the new relationship could develop. They don't have the final say, but you do want them to have a say. Is it different for, I mean, it's obviously different for younger children versus teenage children. And, and how you manage that opening discussion would be very different. Yeah, and, and exactly right. And I think the discussion as well, I should add, you should actually include your ex in this as well, you know, to say, hey, I've been going out with this, this girl and uh, it seems to be going really well. Again, there, depending on the circumstances of your previous relationship, have to be taken into consideration. Uh, I always say, and I think I said this in our previous one, you have to be the best version of yourself. Learn from your previous mistakes. Learn that, you know, it may have not gone and ended as well as you anticipated. There has been hurt. There's been grief. There's been trauma. So you have to understand that everyone's going to process this differently. So maybe including them because then you'll get that that say because you, they don't want to have another parent you know, or another woman in your children's life who they don't know. So maybe you introduce them. And I've seen some very healthy relationships where the ex and the new wife get along famously. In fact, they share each other's responsibilities and they just get along really, really well. That would, again, be an ideal, but it's because you've brought them along on the journey and they've had an opportunity to have some say. But you can't just say, hey, the kids are going to have a new mum, get on board. That does not work and it's not going to end in uh, in anything but pain. Whenever my uh, second son get married, I had my second wife there and my first wife, and they sat together and held hands during the marriage ceremony. Wow. That's a, that's a wonderful outcome, and, and there'll be many others hoping for the same thing. But that is something that it's over years to develop. Yes. And, uh, yes. and it doesn't happen automatically. Yes. Right. Yes, and it comes from that, what you said earlier, Brett, about don't speaking negatively about your partner, your ex-partner. You know, they they have they've they've raised your kids. They've been so much part of your life. You, you the very least you can do is respect them, respect and show appreciation. Uh, yeah. Especially you know if they're doing it solo. You know, being a single parent is a tough gig. It's hard enough whether you're doing it together, but it's a tough gig. And show that appreciation and value them. Hmm. So let's talk about living arrangements. Say we we you know we we're, we're getting remarried. We're creating a stable environment. Um, but the reality is that kids need to 
come back and forward and, and you know, their, their lives are disrupted to some degree. And obviously, depending on what age they are, that's going to look a little different. But Brett, how important is that for kids to feel like they've got stability, they feel like they might have their own room or at least their own space, mm-hmm. you know, to, to give them that sense of stability, even in the midst of what might be fairly chaotic situation? Again, it can't always be like for like, you know, if say they've got this big bedroom themselves, you know, in their own, in one home, they can't expect or that, you know, it would be nice if they could, but they can't expect to have that. But they still need to have a place to call their own, a, a bed, um, some space to just to chillax, um, to place to where they can put their things. Um, you can't expect sim- uh, step siblings to be in the same room and everyone's going to get well you know, get along with each other. That does not work. Uh, it, it would be ideal, but they need to have some space. So taking consideration, and that's something you have to consider before you get remarried, is where is everyone going to put their head on a pillow? And uh, you can't just say, oh, we'll work it out later on. No, they need to have, they need to have some certainty. They need to have something to look forward to. It may not be perfect, but you're at least giving them consideration in, that, in those decisions. Let's fast forward to if they're if they're teenagers, because obviously that looks a little different. They certainly want space and things like that. Are there some things that we need to be certainly mindful of if kids are that teenage age that, that might affect that and living arrangements and things like that? Yeah, I mean, this you've got to also remember teens are teens anyway, and they're going to come with their own set of uh attitudes and circumstances, being in a blended family or a step-parenting family is just another layer of complexity. So you need to see it from their perspective. Don't force yourself. Uh, Recognise that they have feelings, they have emotions. Um, Make sure that they understand that there are going to be some rules, there are going to be some changes, and get them to be inclusive of those expectations what do you think is reasonable what do you think you could do to contribute to the house and get them involved because if you just say hey here are the rules and you write them all down and here you are get on board it's not going to end well so again bringing them along will be very beneficial for you and they also need to know that this is uncharted territory you know and you're going to make mistakes. Apologise when you do make mistakes. Apologise if you do raise your voice or you do that eye roll or that frustration. Own it. They're not expecting you to be perfect, but they do want you to be real, authentic and genuine. That's really cool. Do you know, uh, obviously the three of us have grandkids and, and you know, we and they're all different circumstances and different ages. So my eldest is 15 and my youngest is one. What's the advice you would give a grandparent who is, you know, coming, one of their sons or daughters, you know, as going into a different family? What's their role in that relationship? The extended family can never be underestimated. Just imagine your children have the potential of having not just four grandparents, but eight grandparents. And they they can greatly benefit from that. They need to be included in this. They need to have access to the children. They shouldn't be seen as pawns or the enemy. And as grandparents, you shouldn't try and choose sides and try and pick up the pieces and resolve the issues and be hostile towards the other person. That is not helpful either. Similar to your treating the way that you speak about your ex, 
Grandparents, you need to speak about the former partner in a healthy way because that's not going, because it's again, the children or your grandchildren, they love that person. They, 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 they think they're really great. And so you need to treat them accordingly and uh, speak about them in a positive light. Yeah, yeah. Well, continuing our chat this week with uh, Brett Ryan, the CEO of Focus on the Family Australia. We're talking blended families and step parenting. And again, their website, families.org.au, has a whole bunch of resources on there to help you in this area and anything to do that's family related, families.org.au. You are listening to Momentum all around Australia. Appreciate you tuning in. We're going to come back and chat with Brett some more in just a moment. Stay tuned. This is Momentum a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Welcome back to Momentum. It is uh, part two of this week's show. Our special guest is Brett Ryan, the CEO of Focus on the Family Australia. We're going to get back into our conversation about blended families and step parenting in just a tick. But uh, just encourage you to jot down their website, families.org.au. A lot of resources on there for you to check out. And our website, MomentumAustralia.org as well. Love you to go there and also check out previous episodes of the show. In fact, the first part of this discussion was last week with Brett. And we'd encourage you to check that out as well at MomentumAustralia.org. Well, it's great to be back with you again, Brett. And clearly, you know, each family when they come together will have their own set of memories and it's very easy for them and comfortable for them to talk about their memories in their context how does how do the other part of the family the other partner in that group now fit into that with their own memories it's a great question des and the challenge is that you can be the outsider and feel like the outsider all the time because you don't know those stories um, you can ask lots of questions, but you never have actually experienced those things. But you have to be on a stick learning curve, learning new names, <laughs> yeah. uh, learning uh, who's who, you know, learning the kids' friends' names, uh, uh, learning their uh, their likes, their dislikes. You have to be a student of your stepchildren. And, and like you'd have to be a student of your own kids. You have to go ramp up to DEFCON 5 to learn <laughs> so much about what makes them tick, yeah. what makes them... Uh, thrive and enjoy life? What are they excited about? What are they, you know, what demotivates them? Um, who are their friends? What are their activities they like? It, it, those little things, you're never going to get all the information, but continue to make some mental notes. Sometimes you might even have to make some physical notes, you know, like a bit of like a homework. Um, that doesn't mean that the children should just always talk about the past, um, but you don't want to dismiss them because they are their experiences. They belong to them. They are of a high value. And it's actually those memories that actually can bring joy and laughter. And you can come along board. And you say, what was that story again? Tell me that story that, you, you know, made you laugh last time. And it's like you're genuinely interested in them sharing those memories, the good times and also the not so good times. I mean, I think mm. that's absolutely key in terms of, you know, building the relationship and the trust and the partnership with the kids and, and listening to their stories and building their openness with you. I think that's fantastic. 
I mean, the reality is that it is, like you said, it's those, the memories that, you know, can bring so much joy. Um, I'm going to flip that on its head, though, Brett, and play devil's advocate to some degree. I mean, if we sit there and we hear the stories and whatnot, but what happens then if we share something about something from our previous family and it doesn't get a good response? The kids, for whatever reason, feel threatened by that or they don't like hearing about the fact that we've had a family before in this other thing or, you know, there's this... Uh, this friction between one of our kids and them, and, you know, it just brings up this negative reaction, which is, you know, the opposite of what we're hoping to do. Yeah. How do we sit in that space as, a, as an adult and as a parent? Again, I think you remind, I think we spoke about learn to respond, not react. Mm. You know, if you start, you, you know, say, I, I'm, I've got a voice too, and you got to listen to me, and, and that's not going to go down well. It's like throwing a tantrum. You know, toddlers do tantrums because it works for them but it doesn't look good on an adult. So don't throw a tantrum. The, the, the point of uh, reference is that, you know, it, it just doesn't become all natural. It, it's a process. Eventually you will have that say. Eventually you will have it. But don't throw a sissy fit because you're not getting heard. But that does not give them an excuse to be rude. It doesn't give them an excuse to be disrespectful. And that's when the other, your spouse needs to be able to, you know, interject and say, you know, don't speak to him like that. Don't speak in that tone. Um, give him an opportunity. We've been sharing our stories. I think it's only fair that he has an opportunity to share his stories. Keep it brief. Don't go on forever and telling, you know, monopolise the whole thing, but just give them your little stories and, and I'm sure if you give each other the opportunity just to be heard, and that's the thing, around a dinner table is the best place to do that. Everyone gets a chance to have a voice. Everyone gets a chance to be heard. Share your high, share your low, and the dinner table is the best place to do that. Mm. Mm. That's so true. I, I want to just pick up on something which you didn't mention directly there, but it's, it's something that I, I know is important, and that was, as the two adults now is the, the head of this home presenting a united front. And we did touch on that, I think, in the first show. But just tell us a bit about the importance of that, even though we may not necessarily disagree in the moment. If something happens, you know, we may we may disagree with what the other, the other adult has said or the other parent has said, or we don't feel supported. But how important is it to present a united front in a blended family and or step family to the kids? Like, what does that say to them? It's vitally important. I'd say that to a parent um, who, you know, normal parents, you know, you don't have the good cop, bad cop scenario. You need to have a united front. But at the end of the day, the biological parent is going to have the final say. Sure. But you want to get to so that you are in an alignment or an agreement. Don't argue in front of the kids unless you're going to resolve the argument in front of the kids. Have those conversations away from the children so you, they can actually see that, you know, nothing's going to come between mum and dad. We are in an alignment step by step. We've been talking to Brett about families and relationships and step parenting and blended families. It's been an amazing discussion. Thank you, Brett, for your time today. It's been really cool. Tim, final thoughts? Yeah, look, I just think there's so much in this and I uh, just want to encourage the guys, Des, to um, to have conversations with other men, with counsellors if need be, uh, and, of course, to check out the, the uh, Focus on the Family Australia website, families.org.au, for a whole bunch of resources in this. One of the key things I think that's come across in the last couple of weeks 
is that it, it's a tricky situation to navigate um, being a blended family or a step parenting family. And the more th uh, that we can equip ourselves with knowledge and with people around us to help speak into this space and have a lot of patience and grace along the way, then there's more success of this being uh, something really, you know, a tight-knit family. So I encourage you to check out the family's uh, website, which is families.org.au, Focus on the Family Australia. A massive thank you to our special guest, Brett Ryan, over the last couple of weeks for investing into us, Brett. There's been a lot in there, mate. We thank you for your time. You're more than welcome at any time. And as we wrap up the show this uh, week, it is uh, Momentum. Uh, MomentumAustralia.org is our website. Again, love you to check out our website and uh, previous episodes of the show, which you can do at MomentumAustralia.org. And we are a not-for-profit ministry. Any dollars towards keeping Momentum on the air would be much appreciated. You can make a secure donation online at MomentumAustralia.org. Wherever you are around the country, appreciate you tuning in. Look forward to chatting with you next time, Des. Be uh, great to have you back in the studio, mate. Look forward to uh, doing another episode of Momentum with you real soon. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. And uh, we'll be back next week. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum. Momentum.